It's divine and it's providential of God. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 46, it says, In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside of the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. We're talking about the Passover lamb. But then we read in John chapter 19, verse 36, it says, For these things we done uh, that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. Hi, this is Pastor Frank at Frank's Bible Study. I just want to welcome you to this Bible study. This video is uh, in particular going to tie up the two videos that I've done on the book of Exodus chapter 12. This uh, podcast video will definitely, hopefully, and I'm praying that it does, uh, Lord willing, that this video will hopefully tie up the two videos that I made and be able to bring a conclusion and uh, you will be able to take away from this uh, the scripture references, the Old Testament references, the prophetic references, uh, what we see, <clears throat> excuse me, in Jesus's time, and then what we can know uh, in our time, what exactly are we believing in? Because I really truly believe if we know, and if you don't know, how deep our faith goes in Jesus Christ all the way back to the beginning of creation in the book of Genesis. And it is extremely important that we know not only who our Savior is, why He saved us, why He came to save us in the first place, and what He's coming back to, uh, to basically reclaim everything that God has created uh, from, uh, I believe, uh, the satanic realm, uh, and that is trying to uh, destroy and thwart everything that we are supposed to know about Jesus and our Savior, and to create something else other than what the Scriptures say. So this is my burden, my uh, on my heart in order to be able to do this. And I hope that that is, uh, this is my prayer, that this helps you understand more. And so this is just one of many things that we can know about Jesus Christ and the history of our salvation and everything that Jesus, that we know about the New Testament, we can find out through the Old Testament as well. So in Exodus chapter 12, we first see in the first few uh, verses that there's a calendar that God gives his people in which to mark these things in order to be able to have the festivals, in order to be able to have a annual calendar and months and days. And this is really interesting because our Gregorian calendar that we're on now, it comes from this calendar, which I think is extremely interesting. So the second highlight I would like to put on here is the lamb selection. So God tells uh, Moses and Aaron to tell the congregation of Israel to select a lamb, uh, a lamb that is a male, blemishless, and within its first year. And so this is uh, there to, to keep it for four days. And the lamb selection is extremely interesting because if we go to Zechariah uh, chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly, and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, this is prophetic. This is from the Old Testament. Now, if we go into Matthew chapter 21, this is really interesting as well. This is uh, Matthew 21, uh, chapter 21, verse 4, starting at verse 4. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, and sitting on a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their uh, clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road, 
Uh, others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is who he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. So if you know what that means, that means Messiah has come. That's what that praise means. Messiah has come. So the prophecy, uh, everybody knew what that meant. When they seen Jesus coming on a colt, riding into Jerusalem, they knew immediately this is the Messiah. Now, whatever surrounds that, prophecy fulfilled. So let's move forward. Now concerning Exodus chapter 12, we move forward in the Passover. So here, Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, Jesus institutes the Last Supper. It says, and he, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the sin, for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit uh, of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they uh, had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So this is very interesting because what Jesus done is he took he take, has taken fifteen hundred years of the Seder plate, fifteen hundred years of the Passover, and he says, "This is uh, uh, my uh, this is the bread. Take bread, which is the flat bread without leaven, and that signifies it's sinless uh, in metaphoric terms." And then it says that, you know, take of this of my body and eat and then drink of this cup as would be my blood. This is what we know as communion is why it is commemorated. So we are just as the Jews is eternally we're going to do this until the the coming of Messiah. He has come first and now we're waiting for the second. But still, this is an institution from Judaism, from the Passover. So we are continuing the same Jewish tradition as well as they did waiting for Messiah. Now in verse 30, it says here, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now while Jesus and the disciples were having the Last Supper, uh, this is Mark chapter 14, verse 30, starting in verse 30, it says, Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that day, even in the night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Then when he came to a place which is named Gethsemane, uh, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him and began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. Verse 35. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed uh, if, that if it were possible that, he might, that the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all these things are possible for you. Take, away, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will but thy will be done. Now I want to pay you to pay attention to this. Obviously, this happened at night, uh, and and the reason is because if you if you watch the two videos that, prior to this, you would see that the the Passover was at twilight, and that was towards the evening. It wasn't quite uh, night, but it definitely was past the afternoon, and it was towards the sunset. So anywhere between three and four p.m. our time, and then if you go into this further you can see where it, Jesus uh, is telling um, the uh, Peter about his denial. Now, n- notice the word it says, even this night. 
So you're talking like into the night. So after Passover, you're talking now it's night. And this is what's important to understand uh, when it comes to the Passover exodus of Exodus. So uh, we later goes on, and this is what's really interesting. If you understand the temple and the priestly uh, institution of the, um, the temple and priestly duties, uh, this is interesting. And I didn't see this till I read a commentary on and I think it makes sense at why this is this way. So here still in Mark 14, it says uh, in verse 32, Then it came to pass uh, to a place which named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here and pray. And then he took Peter and James and John with him. So he took three of the disciples with him. So the twelve disciples, when they came to a place, he said, Stay here and pray. And then he took three of the disciples, which is Peter, John, and James, with him into uh, a further place into the garden. And then he says, Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sor- sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. So you have three minus 12. You have nine out further out. You have three here where he says to sit here and pray and watch. And then Jesus goes further. He says, He went a little further and he fell on the ground and prayed. If it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all these things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. If you understand the temple aspect, there are people on the outer court of the the temple. And then you have the priests, which are in the inner sanctuary of the temple. And then the ones burning incense, the ones that are the one that actually goes into the holy holies, and I think another one that I think uh, uh, somehow manages the the sacrifice. Then the one that actually goes into the holy holy is the high priest, the one that actually is uh, the the one that goes to sprinkle the blood of the Passover onto the mercy seat. If you see and hear what I'm saying, you're going to see the exact same thing. Now, in the, uh, the aspect of the temple and the priestly, uh, specifically outside of the 40 years of the tabernacle, and then the, the tabernacle in the 40 years was brought into the promised land, and then David had charged his son Solomon to build the first temple because David's hands had too much blood on a man of valor. So after the Solomon had built the first temple, the priestly uh, aspect of it, they gave all the dimensions of the temple, um, had Hiram, uh, build the temple, stonemason. Then you had uh, the priest, and they, 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 the, the Bible tells uh, that what they were to wear and, and how they were to perform and what to wash and what animals and, and, uh, and such. There was a gigantic system that, that was practiced in the wilderness from the time of the, the, the nomadic uh, uh, tabernacle, the mobile tabernacle. They've learned, excuse me, how to uh, manage this. Now, going in here, one of the things that that uh, that has progressed into this was the scapegoat. Now they had taken two goats. One goat was to be slaughtered, uh, and the other goat was to be set free with the sins cast on from uh, from the people, cast to the uh, the priest, were to take those sins and cast it onto that scapegoat with a red ribbon tied around its horns, and then it was to be set out into the wilderness of uninhabited wilderness, and it would be devoured. Uh, so the sins would be carried away out. So the the, the scapegoat actually was taken from the temple. Red ribbon wrapped, red ribbon wrapped around its uh, horns, led out 
of the temple gates, led out of the city gates, and led out into the wilderness. Now it just so happens that the the temple and where the uh, the the hill of the skull or Golgotha is outside of the temple walls and is outside of the city gates. So it's actually prescribed just as the scapegoat is to be let out and let go is where Golgotha is where Jesus was crucified at with two other thieves to the left and right of him. Now the aspect of also, I would like to point out, and this is extremely uh, detailed, and, and I, it, there's no way this can be coincidence. Obviously, it's it's divine and it's providential of God. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 46, it says, In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside of the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. We're talking about the Passover lamb. But then we read in John chapter 19, verse 36, it says, For these things we done... Uh, that the scripture should be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. Now, this isn't um, something that, this is why I think that some Orthodox Jews and other Jews will say that this is something that was stolen from the, the narrative of the Old Testament and the Passover, and that they would fulfill it by what happened to Jesus. But there's a lot of, lot of kinks that has to be worked out because for, force, uh, fulfilling prophecy just is very, very difficult to do. To be able to force fulfill it, you would have to actually get a lot of people in on it, uh, like a, uh, like a, like a flash mob. And you have to get a lot of people in on it. And it looks like, you know, this is just a regular crowd. And all of a sudden they start dancing and you know what a flash mob is. And so there's people that are in on it. So this is what they would say. They would be conspiracy or conspired for all these things to, to take place. And they would hijack the scriptures of the Jews in order for them to be able to create this story and, and Christianity to be the third largest or the second largest, if not the first, uh, religion in the world. So this is one thing that I want you to see. Uh, it is important that we see this because uh, there is a underlining uh, a fulfillment of Scripture here from just this one issue, or I'm sorry, this one subject of a Passover in Exodus chapter 12. I'm only touching, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't been to seminary, but I see what I see. I see what in Scripture, what it says, and I've been studying it for a long time to be able to see this, but I'm giving it to you, a discovered thing. Now, some of you have heard this, and some of you already know this. Some of you, uh, maybe for the first time, are seeing this. But let me add one more thing. This is something that a lot of people don't add, and I will add this only because it is absolutely true. Now, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, it says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is exactly what this prophecy means. Everything that I just read to you about Jesus and this, uh, the seed of the woman and between the seed of the serpent. Um, there's a lot more to be said about that, but because of, I want you to understand and focus on what I'm giving you here, it is important to know there is a diabolical aspect, a demonic and a Luciferian aspect to what this is all about. This tells us, this prophecy here in Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, tells us that there is an underlining aspect of a demonic presence, a demonic overall uh, um, 
counterfeit of what God's system is and that the demonic system is trying somehow, some way to use even the very people to be able to destroy what God is trying to do and bring the salvation of mankind. If we were to even grasp even half of what I'm telling you, because I could teach this thing probably for like 10 podcasts. If you were just to grasp just half of what this means in the narrative that, that, that I had just given you, and then f- way further out than that, you would see and believe more than exact, more than what I am telling you here, because there's more to it. So for there's people that I believe that are spiritual, there's people who are logical and reasonable, who look at the scriptures in different ways. I'm trying to give you both. And this is why it is important to know that if we emphasize one part of the ministry in the gospel, in the church, that we're doing a disservice because there is a lot more to know about the history of salvation, the history of deliverance, uh, the history of, of the Messiah, uh, about Jesus Christ. Uh, we I'm only touching the tip of the iceberg here. And I hope somehow, some way that this has somehow touched you to go research and not just hear what I'm saying, but to see and, and fact check the scriptures, the prophetic scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, and the storyline in which I'm in. If there's error, I challenge you to call me out on it. Show me where what I'm saying is not true. Show me where that what is actually being said is actually being said in scripture. So far, over past 20 years I have studied scripture, this is what makes the most sense. Anybody who reads this and, and only reads the New Testament, and the reason why we don't read the Old Testament is because we don't understand. God has made it simple for us to understand. We need to read. Read more. Read the Old Testament. Find out to see why the Old Testament still exists. If God didn't want us to read the Old Testament and only read to the New Testament, why would he still have it? And why would he keep it in the presence and the hands of all Christians or most Christians who are able to have the Bible Uh, in our time. All right. Uh, This is Pastor Frank. I hope this has helped. I hope this is tied together for you and has culminated into an understanding. Uh, I hope that you share and you like this because it's very important to share the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. All right. God bless. Amen.